Tree Slayer. Before you get all cocky thinking you can just walk away from this place and never see a tree again, I think you need to hear the next part of my story. You see, trees have evolved just like people. They know to make it in this world, they need to adapt, even if that means going places they don't belong. Like your house. You can wipe that shocked look off your face because we've all been there, even me. I had to learn that the hard way when I wasn't much older than you are now. It was my first year on the job. Back then, I had a house of my own, even a wife and some kids. I thought I could go out into the forest, turn out the chlorophyll on a few targets, and return to my manufactured home of brick and stucco. Thought I could close my screen door to all the dangers of the world. Never expected that trees could and would take everything from me. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. To explain how I lost my family, I first need to tell you how I came to see the true extent of their malevolence. The client was a young man that worked from home, did something on his computer all day, and apparently thought he needed to bring a little of the outside inside. Thought he was missing something by never leaving his place. Idiot. The way I see it, he could have scratched that itch any number of ways. A nice painting of a parking lot on his wall. Maybe adopt a raccoon or two. But no, he gotta try to get all zen by ordering this horrible creation brought on by the Orient. Can we still say Orient? I think so. Because they have that Oriental trading magazine that you get three times a month with all that great plastic crap you can buy in bulk. So, yeah, Orient is still okay, as long as you aren't talking about anyone specific, and I'm not. I mean the whole of the Orient. Anyway, that's where you find the bonsai. The kid opens the door and a wretched plume of plant smell billows into the hall of the gorgeous block of cement apartment building he lives in. I see the shame in his eyes and avert my gaze out of some semblance of mercy. Just show me where it is, I grumble, and he leads the way past a huge collection of vinyl records and a painting of a bike. He holds out a shaky hand to the coffee table, and there I see it. Pimped and pumped full of minerals, this twisted ten-inch fiend is perched in the center of the room like it owns the place. From the looks of the pruning scissor blisters on this guy's fingers and the spray bottle hanging around his neck, I think it's fair to say the bonsai did own the place. My knees went weak. I hadn't seen such a blatant power grab since I watched that documentary film Little Shop of Horrors, and I doubted the guy had the balls of someone like Seymour to finish the job himself. I asked the kid where he kept his butter knives, and I told him to take a walk around the block. He tried to hand me a carving knife instead, but I insisted this thing didn't deserve something so sharp. I picked the dullest dirtiest, stainless steel utensil I could find and stomped toward the table, my vision blurry with rage. A couple of tiny leaves fell off as I approached. Maybe it was scared. Maybe it's just a fragile piece of crap. Jury's still out. 
But that didn't matter much because I laid into it with a rounded edge flurry of slashes that made it regret ever letting a botanist tie it up in the first place, or uh, whatever the hell they do. I got some cuts in, but then the butter knife twanged off the crooked trunk and went skittering across the floor. I lunged for it, but realized that was just an opening this thing needed to jam itself in my mouth and force itself down my throat until I choked on centuries of grotesque curiosity. I didn't take the bait and wrapped both hands around its middle with the kung fu grip I practiced all through four years of lonely high school. I choked, jerked, squeezed, lurched, pumped and wanked that aberration for everything I was worth. My knuckles were white and forearms burned with effort, but I kept at it, even as I felt the tiny wood bite into my palms. Minuscule splinters worked their way through my calluses and I screamed. No problem saying that, I did. I went on jerking and screaming until the kid returned from his walk and found me lying in the center of his living room, covered in sweat, with the gnarled remains of his tormentor expended at my side. The gratitude I saw in his eyes was payment enough. Apart from the money he owed me.